continuation of Chapter 3 of How to Win the War on Waste in 90 Days, a reading by Len Bertain. Step 3 of the War on Waste process is to cost out the waste. This is the meat of the process. Everything else follows directly from how the team figures out how the waste affects the delivery of value. Most of the time, it is obvious. We have a formula the team can follow to help make this almost formulaic, but it takes some thinking and is fun. Teams often miss key issues in sizing the waste. That is why managers are advised to help teams on this step. The teams need to find $100,000 of waste. If a team fails to find $100,000, they need to stay on the problem until they do. They might allow a team to find another problem. We might even let a team do two wastes to meet their goal. That, of course, is always a last resort. Step four, identify a solution. The team can't spend any more than $2,000 on their solution. That is how we found the 567 rule. Teams always wanted to spend a lot of money, but the constraint of $2,000 forces them to rethink the solution. They soon realized that they could achieve their goal. They figured out if they only addressed 67% of the waste, they could get there. They took a bite of the problem and not the whole thing. And they found that they only needed to spend 5% of what they originally calculated. It's amazing how this works. It forces a team to downscale their solution to stay within the constraints of the $2,000 spending limit. It also sets a precedent for later ideas. This thinking makes things move quickly. It shows results immediately. Step 5. Define an implementation plan. The team has to define an implementation plan. This will include steps to be taken to complete the project, and it will define when those steps will be completed. It is pretty straightforward. The detail needs to be complete. This ensures that the project will be a success. A few years back, I wrote, woke up on Thanksgiving morning and the following cartoon was in the paper. It seems that Scott Adams lived next door to one of my clients. Scott Adams, of course, is the cartoonist who draws the cartoon Dilbert. On Saturday, my client was walking around his yard with a War and Waste t-shirt on. Scott asked him about it. My client told him that he gave one of the t-shirts to everyone who completed the training. The cartoon is quite funny. I was not able to get a license approval to use the cartoon in the book in time to meet the publishing date of the book. However, if you go to Dilbert.com and key in War on Waste, you will see the cartoon. Or you can go to my website. You can click the link to the Dilbert website. I thought it was funny because it made a point. The employees don't really need a t-shirt to feel appreciated. They usually considered the earned respect that they got from when they did their presentation more than sufficient. <coughs> they had the key executive in their location listen to their presentation. Of course, that is very important to most employees. Scott, however, did make a point. 
Step six, create the metrics of success. This step requires that each team define the metrics of success of their project. The war and waste requires accurate reporting of data here as this is the basis of the audit of the project. The war on waste does not need instantaneous tracking of results. A monthly report is sufficient. However, there are some numbers that need to be posted daily. Those are for the employees doing the job. These six steps define the objectives of the war on waste program. They need to com be completed in time for the presentation on Monday of the middle week. Understand this is pushing it for most teams but I've always insisted that they give their presentation whether they're completely done or not. It is like a project runway situation where the designers are sewing up the dress as the model is getting ready to walk down the runway. CEOs understand this and in most situations are quite forgiving. I insist that the teams give them their best, and it is usually enough to get a buy-off of the project. Urgency is key here. The teams perform together, and when they succeed together, it is a rush for them. The three milestones of the war on waste. The following three milestones of the war on waste are measures of the progress of an idea. They are the output of the six steps of the war on waste. In other words, when we start a program, employees are told, that they are going to present their idea to the CEO or president. That's milestone A. Or if he or she approves it, the idea will be implemented. That's milestone B. And provide the feedback. That's milestone C. Let's go into some more detail on each of these milestones. Milestone A, prepare the presentation. Participants in the war and waste are going to have to deliver the presentation of their idea to the CEO. It needs to be done on Monday of the fifth week. If it is an eight-week program or Monday of the fourth week, if it is a six-week program. Once the project has been approved, the implementation plan takes place and is done during the remaining time of the program. Some projects involve training. These may extend beyond the 90 days, but 99% of the projects should be completed in the 90 days. This is the point at which approval is granted. Although the high ROI makes approval almost a no-brainer, this is a key place for a leader to show up. Supporting employee ideas provides the basis of respect to the employees for a job well done. The leader offers not only encouragement, but may add insight to make the idea better. Milestone B, execute the plan. This is where the solution is implemented, through the proposed plan. Plans are put into practice, results measured and reported. When ideas are presented to the key executive, the employees are usually pretty clear about what they are going to do. In many cases, Employees could not believe that they're going to have to implement their idea. They thought they were just going to talk about it. They kept thinking that someone else was going to do that. All the teams know that things are never going to be as smooth as planned, but most of the course corrections are minor. Minor scopes of change. 
When a big change is necessary, the key executive is consulted and approval is requested. These changes of scope need to be managed because, as we all know, scope creep is a big problem in any change project. It needs to be carefully managed. Over the years, when major changes of the scope of a project occurred, we have managed to redefine the end objective or scale down or scale up the end game and stay under budget. In other words, it is not that difficult to manage war on waste projects. It just turns out that usually there are an awful lot of them. In fact, most of the war on waste engagements are a typical trainer is coordinating four to six classes with four projects each. That is 16 to 24 projects to stay on top of during the eight weeks. It requires some skill, but all of my trainers have been able to do this over the last 29 years. I mention this because if you as a CEO are wondering about doing this at your company with your own trainer, it is not difficult. The only thing you need to worry about in picking a trainer is don't choose a black knight. This is a character that we have extracted from the movie In the Search of the Holy Grail by Monty Python. If you recall, the black knight denies that he has a problem even though he is missing his arms and legs. The black knight in our scheme would be the individual who fights change and denies that problems exist when they clearly do. Selecting the right trainer is not impossible, but it requires some thought. Milestone C. Provide feedback to the company. Feedback to all employees is a major goal at this point. It is the key to reinforce skills learned and to motivate participation. This again is an opportunity for the CEO to show leadership. This process engages the whole corporation. This is the first step of the overall process of creating a new culture of innovation. At this point, the company has experienced and completed phase zero, which we call the war on waste. That brings us to the next phases of the process. After 90 days, phase one, looking for opportunities. Phase one involves ratcheting up the innovation process. This is begun after the war on waste projects are implemented. At this point, employees know how to use the value-added process. They are not as adept at looking for strategic opportunities, but they are learning. They are learning to consider other ideas than just the wastes that exist in the system. To do this, we use SWOT, Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats, analysis as a first step. Along with learning the market success criteria, employees get into the frame of mind needed to make this phase successful. We point out here that in the SWOT analysis, strengths, the S of the SWOT, are usually identified as corporate know-how, and weaknesses in SWOT are the gaps in know-how. As employees control the know-how, they are the key here. Bear in mind that many employees have not gone to business school. This process stretches their thinking, but when they are able to use the tools that they have learned, you begin to achieve the innovation culture. 
employees may not be able to articulate an issue with the finesse of a Harvard B-School graduate, but as time goes by, they get pretty good. At this stage, managers and executives need to get more involved with ideas. They need to because the ideas begin to have greater strategic value. Phase 2. Looking for the killer app. As employees become better adept at phase one, phase one thinking, phase two opportunities scale up. The company is able to pay attention to bluebirds or killer apps. The foundation of the innovation culture is to establish process and procedures that extract high value, low cost ideas from employees. At the same time, we want employees and everyone to keep an eye open for great ideas. Great ideas are those that have over 100 to 1 return. We also call these bluebirds because sometimes they arrive at our door like the magic bluebird of lore. We like to say at this point that employees have developed an educated eye. This happens when they are able to use their newly acquired experience in a different way. They were able to see the business with a new vision. Discussions among employees become catalytic. Opportunities for profits and internal growth from new or enhanced product or market can be visualized. We like to use the eye of providence seen on the back of the dollar bill as the top of a pyramid as a way to make a point that this is a great moment. The Eye of Providence is on the backside of the Great Seal of the United States. The words Anuit Coeptis means he approves our understanding, our undertaking. It is a bit of surreal message to the employees as they get begin to understand what this is all about. This is part of the process that almost feels magical. It occurs when they work with line workers or first level managers and they get it. They understand what this process is all about. So when you see, as a manager, employees demonstrating their educated eye with questions and actions that demonstrate their understanding, that is a great rush. By the way, that is the end of Chapter 3. You can also read more about this on our website or find out more about it on our website www.lenbertainsbooks or www.waronwasteacademy.com Thank you very much and we'll see you in chapter 4.